FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. G'day, g'day, g'day. G'day, you stole my line. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, episode 15. Get and out. <laughs> get out. We're getting close to the end. It is getting close to the end, but uh, there's always, uh, when there's an end, there's a new beginning always. Wow, that was so cliche. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you, you gotta love cliche. Cliche is fun. <laughs> it's like a pat on the back. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, it does mean that Christmas is close. It is close. Are you going? Are you doing anything for Christmas? Can you do anything? I we hope don't so. know. That is the question. It's the question has changed to: Can we do anything for Christmas? I saw a, um, a post the other day that said there's eleven Mondays till Christmas. So <laughs> if, you didn't knew that, if you didn't know that, now you do. There's probably even less. Christmas. So. Christmas is on a sa- Saturday or a Monday. It's on a Monday. I know. I that, never know. Well, We're weird. We don't fall on weekends. Well, I think I think it might be a Saturday or a Monday because I know we have a Sunday mass, the live mass, and then the next day or the day before we have the Christmas mass. So I've been we plan ahead, and uh-huh. so I've been planning them to uh, day after the other. Whatever day it is, I'll take it. So yeah. <laughs> Christmas, oh, beautiful. If those of you who are able to celebrate with your family. And we have to always Christmas. I just think about those so many who struggle because they cannot be with their family. But mm. we're so far away from Christmas and we're, <laughs> we're already talking about it. You know what? Let's just sing Christmas carols today. <laughs> Mariah Carey, sure. I've missed you. <laughs> What's your favorite Christmas carol? Mariah Carey. Oh, no, no. All I want. Come on, everybody. It's Christmas <laughs> is <It's> you. you. <laughs> I like- we'll work on it, guys. We'll release our um, covers album for Christmas. Over to you, Father Rob. <laughs> Don't even know where to go from here. But anyway, <laughs> 31st Sunday in ordinary, ordinary time. Mm. We're still in ordinary time. And we're going to talk about um, the greatest law, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength. That's crazy. Just um, an impossible feat, but also something to to reach out for. Um, shall we go straight into the gospel? I reckon. We'll read it. This time we do have a Bible here with us. So <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with me and Father Rob on this podcast. Here so. we go. So we're going to read from Mark 12, 28 to 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no one other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he'd answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. When I think about the, the 
Listen, O Israel, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Ehad. You always love Hebrew. to bring out <laughs> some <laughs> schmancy language that I don't understand. What is Shema? Is in Maltese we have the word to listen. What's uh, Isma. Isma, Shema. Ah. It's uh, very similar. So you see that you have Semitic languages. Yeah, that I'm are very bilingual similar. too. <laughs> <laughs> you can speak Maltese and Hebrew. Shema. Yeah, and hopefully English. But here we go. But to love the Lord your God mm. with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Whenever I listen to this, I, I start to think: Is it like? Uh, will I ever achieve that in my lifetime? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. But this is about the the law, funnily enough. Even though it's about love, and Jesus pointed to love, we have to. You can't understand this comment that Jesus has made here, and he's made this. This was quite significant because this wasn't a question that the scribes would have only asked Jesus. The scribes. This was a popular question. It was the in question. I wonder why. <laughs> it, was, it was the TikTok sort of the, the Trend, fad. Yes, fad. totally. Um, it was because they, were, they would ask every single teacher, anyone who was anyone, anyone who had a platform, who was teaching about God and was asked this question because this determined on where you stood with the law. There were different opinions. Let's try and understand that a little bit more. Mm. How many laws were there? Drumroll, please. There were. I have I have a drum roll effect, <laughs> but I don't know where it is. It's okay. <laughs> Too many buttons. I'll do it in my head. There were six hundred and thirteen laws. Six hundred thirteen laws. That's crazy. That's I feel like there would have been people asking which one's the greatest, so <laughs> they could find a loophole. Just give me one. I Just can't remember one. three, let alone. So there, there were. It's not only there were six hundred and thirteen laws, but those laws were divided into sub laws, and those sub laws were divided into sub laws, and it was the it was the scribes job they were the canon lawyers the church canon lawyers of the time they were the ones who had the authority to interpret the law but not only would they interpret the law they'd go down this way they'd take the 613 laws which were taken from the scriptures but they were also those were the the written laws but there were also oral laws laws that were passed down from generation to generation so there was the scripture and there was tradition there was the torah and there was the tradition and they had these laws so they were all brought to their office <laughs> and now what these guys had to do was they had to take all these laws and interpret them show they were the lawyers of the time and they take the 316 laws and one from one of the 316, um, 613. <laughs> You're already trying to... <laughs> 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 613. They would make like 50 out of one and then another 50 out of the 50 and it would just be never ending. So they'd subdivide all these laws and there'd be thousands and millions of laws and they'd delight in these laws and it was wow. so good that they had to obey these laws. Look, we've created a new law. Look, we've, and they'd try to enforce <laughs> Yay, it. Yay, another one. <laughs> exactly. And then what they, they went the other way around. Okay, now we have all of these millions of laws and sub-laws and whatever. And now and now let's bring it up to um, one law. So there were the, the, the law, there were the bylaws, and then there was the supreme law, like the one law. And so, But they didn't know how to summarize all of the laws. So they'd ask different teachers, different mentors. And Jesus comes up with two things. Actually, there were two popular things that were said, and Jesus brought them out both into one sentence. Mm-hmm. And... There you go. <laughs> it's the sentence of today. Do you know, as you're speaking, this could just be a lame Justine revelation, but um, Jesus multiplied loaves while the Pharisees multiplied laws. Ooh. And 
you just see the opposite effect, like the laws burden people. Mm-hmm. The laws put people in their place and, um, you know, in a sense instilled fear, whereas what Jesus multiplied actually fed people. You know, mm. it grew people, it nourished people. And so I just realized that then. There you go. And it's sort of Jesus saying, like, put your security in the bread of life. And yes. they're saying, put your security in the in law. the law. Wowie. And on the laws, like, yeah, these, these people were obviously... Smarty pants, you know, they were real clever. <laughs> smarty pants. Plural of smarty pants is smarty pants. <laughs> um, they were the smart ones at that time, like really clever people. And they had all of this knowledge in the law, in the scripture. And yet what, what we, we realize in, in this passage is that that didn't actually qualify them entry into the kingdom. No. They had all of this knowledge and none of it really, it got them sort of close to the kingdom, but not in the kingdom. Why? Because their knowledge of the Bible didn't translate into being in relationship with God. And there is a danger in mere knowledge, in simply having knowledge about God or the things of God. And this scribe, um, main character, zoom in on him, you know, he only wanted to know what Jesus thought rather than to live what Jesus taught. You know, and there's a very, very big difference. You know, his question came from, though it was a good question and he was kind of right in his response, it was entirely theological. It wasn't spiritual. Um, You know, great knowledge of God's law alone. Again, it only brings you close, but not in the kingdom. And I think Jesus's response is saying, I don't just want to be a thought. I don't just want to be a theory. I don't want to just be some complex thing that some smart people are able to comprehend or figure out or possess for themselves or or even speak out to other people. He doesn't want to be that. He wants more. He wants to take on new life, new relationship not just in your mind, but in your soul, in mm. with all your strength, in your body, in, in your whole life, so that you can all consuming, oh like gosh, every part of you. That's yeah. it. And that dynamic between the mind and the heart and the soul is like the dynamic between your brain, your heart, and your lungs. Like they need each other. Your your heart needs the air from your lungs, and your lungs need your brain. And there's a dynamic, and they're 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 vital organs. You can't just have one for your body to function. If even one of those organs fails. Yeah, you're, you're you're a goner. You're on life support, really. Exactly. So you can't just love God with your mind. You have to love Him with your soul and all your strength, you know, and all your heart in this incredible heartbeat of a relationship with God. That's what He wants. Very different from it's, knowledge, and it's different. It's difficult because a lot of people love compartmentalize the love for Jesus. Mm. They love God. Um, in, in certain areas of their life. And I'm not only talking about the way they talk, but I, I love God by giving my time to go to Mass every Sunday. I love God by being a, a person who is just, who is good. But and then I have this little addiction, this little mm. um, thing that I do wrong that I haven't yet surrendered to God. And I'm okay with it because the rest of my life is pretty much a good life. Mm. And Jesus is a jealous God. He's a, yeah. He wants all of us or none at all. Jesus Christ is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And this is what he's saying here. He's saying that you have to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. That was the law. That was the Torah. That was actually, he was quoting the scripture. He wouldn't, didn't come up with that law. Mm-hmm. But then he said, came up with the, the other one. Uh, actually, he's quoting the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And then he comes up with the, um, the second commandment. He's saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, many of the people who were asked these questions would choose one or the other. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. 
And some others would say that that is the, the greatest commandment, while others would say no. The greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love God, therefore you love yourself. If you love yourself because you are in the image of God, therefore you're going to love your neighbor. But Jesus put them both together and it was necessary for him to put them both together. Mm -hmm. Because as well, one doesn't, one works with the other. Totally, totally. I agree. You know, if you, I think this... For me, when I read it, I kind of instantly flipped the commandment because if you flip the greatest commandment around, I think it packs even more of a punch. If you don't love your neighbor, then you don't really love God Mm. fully. And if you don't love God fully, then you don't really know how to love your neighbor. Like we, if we fail to love God, we'll fail to love our neighbor. And if we claim to love God, but don't love our neighbor, then we're hypocrites. It's this complexity um, but then we ask, we have to pose the question like, what is, uh, what does it mean to love your neighbor? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, does it mean that you have to like your neighbor? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> does it mean that, uh, what, 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 first of all, love, what, what is love? Love is a service. Love is an, an, an act of service towards someone. It's yeah. to will the other well and not to will in your mind, but to actually act towards making someone well yes willing them well yes yes and i really like that you have to act it out because i could say i could think i really care about father rob i could think that all i want but i could Mm. sit here and whilst you have every need that i don't tend to or respond to lovely thought but it doesn't translate into love you know love is, is 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 an action i think it's it's also just to rewind a little bit probably helpful to define who is our neighbor and it's mm. not that you know australian tv show that will never die i don't know <laughs> neighbors <laughs> yeah. you know it's gone for seven thousand years um but a really good indication or a helper to you know to assist us in defining this is the story parable of the good samaritan who yes. is our neighbor um it's the unloved the one who's dirty the one who's least likely mm. to be loved le- least likely to be your neighbor and and that's all of us. Yes. You know, sometimes we think of, we, we embody that person to be a, a, you know, a literal, dirty, unloved person, but I am that person mm-hmm. as well. So anyone who has a need yes. is a neighbor. That's exactly. everyone, all of us. And I think what's confronting again, I'm just, I'm always confronted, um, is that our neighbors, they, they live next door to us, but they can live with us sometimes. Like I don't treat my family at all times the way that my neighbor deserves to be treated. Yes. You know, we, we live with these people. We, we work with them. We do everyday life with them. But our neighbors go to school with us. They, they go to church with us. Um, everyone we know. And it's like, like my, my neighbor just a few days ago. Um, I have... Uh, uh, he, he, he like at about five in the morning i was hearing outside mm-hmm. that he his car couldn't start now this is a different neighbor i have another neighbor who has a car that doesn't start but this <laughs> neighbor was a muslim guy actually and he just wouldn't start his car and i thought nah i'm not gonna get out of bed <laughs> i'm not gonna do anything i know he is he's my neighbor but he, he'll figure it out someone mm-hmm. else will do it but it just kept on and kept on and i'm thinking look let me just go outside so i went out in my pajamas and i said hey um what can I do? And I reversed my car out and I sort of helped him. And my car is brand new. So I just got a brand new car. Sort of every few years, our diocese changes it over. And I didn't know where to put the spark plug. You don't know where to 
Like, where's the battery? So I he's got a broken car. You got a new one that you don't I know, know how to use. Anyway, I am <laughs> how does this story end? <laughs> Finally, I figured it out. It took me like 25 minutes. But he, you know, and I thought, look, you've been my neighbor, what, for all these years. But actually, until today, you haven't really been my neighbor. Whoa. So that's wow. today you became my neighbor. You wow. See? And yep. so that that's, uh, I think, th- it's not uh, your neighbors and not the people who are around you, but uh, they're people who you, you serve. Yes. And people who serve you. Yes. And if, if everyone is our neighbor, the, the awkward, the elephant in the room is that's a lot of people. That like, is. how can I possibly, like, love and do something and respond to everybody if everybody is my neighbor like, like it's like mary mckillop you say that and I, yes i don't we've I talked don't about this before this. how do you resp- never see a need without doing something about it? like that's a very big task and sorry if i'm the most selfish person in the world for asking this question but yes. maybe i'm not the only one but obviously we can't possibly meet every single need of every single person um that we know and so i'm like okay can i have some practical guidance on this so yes. if you turn to scripture in galatians six ten, it's a good place to start it says as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone mm, so it's the opportunity you see that's so it as you when we have reason- opportunity yes yes and i know when i'm being selfish i don't know if you guys have that detector in you like when yeah. you were lying in your bed <laughs> and you didn't want to get up and i had a th- thousand reasons yes. not to get out of that there's bed, a detector you know? in you that knows that you should do something and it's like beeping and the alarm doesn't go off and you can't snooze it and yeah. you know you have to respond and other times it's not out of selfishness when you feel like you can't do it but you know the difference you know when yes. the alarm's going off but i think yes as you have opportunity you cannot i cannot possibly jump to everybody you know to counsel everyone who who's in need at the moment or cook every care dinner package for everyone that I know or possibly give money to every single person who needs money or change flat tires don't even know how to change one I can't <laughs> you know I can't possibly do that um, and so I think if we look to Jesus and so many times in scripture we just he just goes for a walk. But I think it's also like, it's it's an attitude of service. You know, it's like looking out for people. And even, for example, when it comes to financial things, you know, there's one thing you can think of, uh, I give every now and then. But then there are people, for example, that have a bank account and every month they put money aside. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm saying this for a practical reason, because this will teach us how to look out for our neighbor. Now, you put money, let's say 10% of your income goes to a separate bank account, which is called a charity bank account. Now, you have some money sitting there. Say you have $100 sitting in there. Now, knowing that that money belongs entirely to charity, it changes your attitude. You start to think, ah, rather than, I wonder if someone will ask for money, is, no, I have this $100. How am I going to serve others? How am I going to give this money? Where you actually look out for an opportunity to serve others. Wow, wow. That's incredible. And do you know the line from... um Hill song song Hakuna Matata. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now Brooke Fraser sings it um, in a bridge of a song. Maybe it's biblical, but break my heart for what breaks yours. Yeah, break my heart for what yeah. breaks yours. Yeah, that's Everything beautiful. <laughs> for the kingdom's yeah. yours. But you know, just praying that prayer that you know, yes. every person, like the other day I was at our supermarket walking through my aisle, you know, with my mask on, and I there was a grumpy man at the deli mm. and he yelled at the kid. He was on the other side of the deli. And this isn't to give glory to myself at all, but 
my heart broke. I don't even know this kid behind yes. the deli. He was getting pummeled. to the broom section. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Nah, after the, the grumpy guy left and had his moment, I, I just went up to him, the, the kid, and I just said, hey, this is really random, but he shouldn't have spoken to you like that. Good. And I'm so sorry. I just wanted him to know how important he was. Yes. and But that's an act of service. It's an attitude yes. of service. It's but an all around, like, and there's many opportunities that yes. I miss, but just like, Gosh, I think God has just convicted me and I suck at this and I'm imperfect, but every person is important. Even the person I struggle with the most, like they are important to God. And I want to pray that my heart breaks for what breaks God's heart for that mm. person. And I'm, I'm, oh, I'm like so far away from, from doing that well, but maybe as I get older and maybe soppier. <laughs> but I think it could work the other way again to go to the other side is that you can close yourself off and just think no i don't want to interfere with anyone i don't want to give mm. anything to anyone i don't want to be and yeah. you just live in your old little comfortable castle yeah and that's that's what jesus is also talking against mm. he's saying sort of to, to love be, have an attitude of, of love an yes. attitude of service yes and then that's that is how you manifest loving god but i again you you talked about galatians and i just want to think um the scripture that came to my mind was micah 6 um, chapter 6 verse 8 Micah which is in the Old Testament and it says this he has shown you O mortal or human or mm -hmm. Rob <laughs> or Justine <laughs> or me what is good he, he said what does the, the Lord require of you he, this is what it means this is how you're going to love the Lord and this is how you're going to love others to act justly so first of all have an attitude of justice um, um, have this uh, attitude of 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 making things right bringing god to where god isn't that's where what justice Ooh, is I like that bringing god to where god isn't that's exactly so it's balancing out where there is um injustice uh, absence of god bringing god so to act justly to love mercy to love like that's what you at this moment of the deli <laughs> it's sort of you're loving mercy you're hating the lack of mercy mm. And so to love mercy, it's an attitude. It's all about attitude. It's not about acts. To act justly, not act once, but to ongoing. It's an yeah. ongoing act justly. To love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Mm -hmm. It's not to glorify you. Uh, yeah. And it's not about to raise you up. But it's always to bring others, even at the cost of you becoming the footstool. Which is horrible. Which is so countercultural. Which is so much in a world where it is about my freedom my rights as opposed to our freedom our mm. rights your freedom your rights where i'm not ready to give up my freedom in order to support your freedom my rights in order to support your rights mm. and this is what jesus did absolutely this is what the apostles did they laid down their lives they laid down everything they had for the sake of not a building a great empire but simply of building one soul at wow. a time, one insignificant soul at a time. And that is the genius of the gospel. You know, that's where um, it, it, the counterculturalness breaks through, I think, into the, through the selfishness of this world. It is different. Um, it is confronting. And that's what makes it so powerful and just to clarify with the Dally example and the Dally kid, I think the reason why my heart broke is because I know that I need mercy and I know that, you know, there are times where I wish that someone would notice me, you know, mm. and I wish that someone would understand my pain. And so it comes from my own brokenness, that our desire to, to love 
to reach out in mercy and to walk humbly with, with the Lord can come out of our own awareness of our own um, need you're and our own all, But you're also your own love. Love your neighbor as yourself, Oof, you see? Yes. Because this is the thing that you... It's not, it's not a... But isn't that selfish, Father Rob? No. Like, what if people t- contest that? What does it mean to love your neighbor as you love yourself? Should we love ourselves? Like, yeah, I know what my answer is, but that's a, it's a question. But why do you love yourself? You love yourself not because you're anything... Big. It's all again coming to Michael to be to walk humbly with God. It's because simply because God loves you, mm-hmm. because you are in the image of God, because you are valuable to God, mm-hmm. and in loving and respecting the gift that you are, Amen. you are honoring God, your yep. Maker. You are honoring God also as a brother in my case, as a sister in your case. You're respecting who you are as part of the family. And using that place in your in in the family to lift the others. Yes, yes. And this is the authority. This is the thing, the privilege that God has given us. And this is why it's so important. Yes, we do love ourselves. We do honor ourselves. We do look after ourselves. Because the thing is, you cannot serve authentically and love authentically if you don't love yourself. That's Amen. that's the reality. And the only way you're going to be able to love yourself authentically is if you stop and let God love you. Yes. So yes. it's it just I think if you a person who truly loves God and and has allowed the love of God to impact their lives does not have a self hate. Mm-hmm. It cannot. You cannot disrespect yourself, but the respect of yourself is not God. Okay, you you're ready to lay it down for the sake of others. Love yourself, but love others more. You, I think love you hit the more. nail on the head there. Your love of self is not God. That's the difference between it being selfish and God glorifying. Mm. You know, I, I think you you really nailed it there. So anyway, this is. Uh, but we all all of us have a long, long way to go. <laughs> if you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more, with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. We have a lot of live events coming out soon, very exciting. We have um, a novena, we have um, a lot of great stuff. We have a new website, EncounterCourses.com. Please, please check that out. It's time for the Mystery Box. The Mystery Box with a desperate twist. <laughs> desperate twist. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures. Oh no, what's the it? shops are really limited as we sound at the moment. Yes. So we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes <laughs> to um, this. So this week, if you will allow and accept, I've put two items. Uh, two different items. Two different items, completely oh, unrelated. Because okay. I'm feeling generous and desperate for Asparagus everything. and broccoli. And I, <laughs> I tested this. I sent these to many people. 
Uh, okay. Many yes. people knew what they wanted. Okay, so here is the thing. I have to guess what is in this box. Yes. So we're opening the mystery. Oh, oh, <laughs> I think one of them I know what it is. I don't know what this is, but this looks like an iPhone stand or... Should we show, show the... Um, yeah. <laughs> over here, ladies and gentlemen. What? We have a... Yeah, you're right. It's an iPhone. Is it? Yeah, it oh, is. No. <laughs> and this one, I know what this is because uh, <laughs> this isn't a pizza box. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so this is used. <laughs> Probably I licked off the cheese from it as well. So, no, I was digging through my mum's kitchen drawers today going, Ma, <laughs> do you have anything random I can use, please? And she's like, I don't know. And I found that. I didn't know what it was. And apparently I'm the only person in the world. You didn't know what it yeah, was. Yeah, it could be a designer But you person know why? No, because it was on TikTok. There's a whole series of, of oh, what really? that could be used well, for. Well, I'm not a TikTok person. All right, whatever. Okay. Put it in the box. Probably disinfect it before you so use it. So you put it. it in the box so that the box doesn't squash the pizza. Yes. Did, did everyone get a good look at that? But yes. also, and, and so I saw on TikTok what they do is you actually put it on the slice Mm-hmm. Dig into the slice and you pull the <gasps> slice out. No So you way. don't touch the rest of the that pizza. That has suddenly increased in value. <laughs> I don't feel bad anymore. Don't want to give it <laughs> Can away. Can I have anymore? it back now? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is genius. I think so. Thanks, you win. <laughs> uh, uh, ju- just this time. Three, two, one. It's time for Saint Me a Picture. Who do we have this week? Saint Simon and Saint Jude. Uh-huh. Not Judas. Not Judas. Not to be confused with Judas. I feel like we have a disclaimer every week <laughs> on these poor saints. Not the same as Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. But expanded names: Simon and Simon's the Zealot. Ah, Simon Zealot. Okay, and Jude and Saint Jude Thaddeus. Thaddeus. That was my uncle's name. Oh, okay. But I thought it was pronounced Thaddeus because my parents <laughs> are Maltese and I never knew that th- 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 sound. Thaddeus. But right. they are two of the lesser known disciples. Um, but even though they're not mentioned often in the gospel, they, they're still really important biblical figures um, because of their closeness with Jesus and his ministry and for their involvement in the early church. Um, and some ancient Christian writers say that Simon and Jude were sent off as buddies they mm-hmm. went out on mission together in Persia, I believe, and apparently um, were martyred there as well. But it's still not. Yeah, 100% some sure. some say. Look, uh, I, I did. I don't know how accurate these websites that I went to to find about Simon Zealot. Zealot means enthusiastic, full of zeal. Okay, mm-hmm. so he was just probably like um, a very young, enthusiastic guy. Um, some say he was cut in half with a saw. Mm-hmm. And then others say Lovely. he died peacefully, sort of. <laughs> Guys, which one is it? Do I have to be distraught or am I happy about this? Like, we don't know. Well, we don't know. But let's say he, he was, he's a saint anyway. Mm-hmm. So, And then St. Jude, is, we often pray to St. Jude. He's the patron of impossible cases. That's it. Desperate situations. Of which I am in many a time. <laughs> and he was, and he's one of the symbols is he was, he's holding something. He's holding a club. And I didn't realize why until Father Rob told me. Yeah, because he was beaten to death with a club. I These guys, they're brutal. It's, they're so brutal. Yeah, and how... I mean, it's kind of sickening that we would <laughs> picture him with the, <laughs> the tool that actually killed well, him. Well, Jesus is pictured with the cross, say, yeah. so that's how it was oh, in well, tradition. St. Sebastian is pictured with with the spears. Yeah, and so. he's also got... St. Jude's also um, often represented with... Um, a crown of fire, a flame around his head to signify that he was present at Pentecost as well, yes. um, which is pretty cool. Saint Simon the Apostle, 
he's the patron saint of, get this, tanners. And I, I was spray like, tans. seriously, what? Spray tans? As I look down at my really bad fake tan, I'm like, this is amazing. Maybe I'll glow one day. But no, it has nothing to do with beaches or spray fake tans. tan. No, a tanner, fun fact, maybe just for myself and Father Rob or perhaps for someone else out there, is someone whose job is making leather from animal skins. So there you go. <laughs> there you if you go. spend too much time in the sun, your skin will become like leather. And pray for us, St. Simon. <laughs> also, St. Jude, Thaddeus, um, had one sentence in the scriptures. And Good, that on you, the last Good on you, Good on you. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, yeah. the, in the Terminator. One, one, I think he had one sentence. Oh, like, there you go. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, he, his sentence was, um, he's asking, he asked Jesus why he's not going to manifest himself to the world. Um, and so that's a question that's something to contemplate on. Um he was brother, St. Thaddeus. I think Thaddeus means the son of thunder as well. So. Oh, sick name. That's yeah. awesome. So Zealot and Thaddeus, they was the brother of James the Lesser. We talked about James the Lesser once. <laughs> we did. Poor Jamesies. Um, um, anyway, so these are great saints as well. Martyrs, as we imagine, people who were enthusiastic about proclaiming the, the gospel. And may we, may we like them, um, through suffering, through pain, have the same enthusiasm and that these wonderful saints had. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com donate. And we have <laughs> lost the button. <laughs> Not the button. Oh, oh, the button. <laughs> uh, it's been a big week. <laughs> Come back. I have like five, eight buttons. And it I has to be like, one of them. All right. Topic. topic of the week. Is it okay to question God or to ask God questions? Well, is it okay to question God? Yeah, I reckon. Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. God is the author of life. He can handle our questions. That's so. Uh, Bishop Joe used to say this. He used to say, look, it's okay to question God. He used to say, it's okay to be angry at God. God is big enough. He's mm. man enough. He's mm-hmm. strong enough to be able to take your questions. Stop treating God as though he were like a... A little feather. Yes, the Holy Spirit is sensitive and it says do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But God is mighty. Stop worrying so much about being human, about being real. Stop hiding your questions from God, your weakness from God, your doubt from God. We are ready to bring all our prayers to God, but we're hiding. Many of us hide our questions from God because we're scared that God's going to get angry at us. Who is this God? Mm-hmm. You know, God, I think, delights in our questions. And we'll ask why. We're going to explore a little bit why it is okay um, to question God. That's it. But even in Scripture, just quickly, many times, several times, we either have examples of people questioning God or God inviting us to seek to question as well. Jeremiah 
you know, 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me, i.e. ask questions with all your heart. You know, Jesus in Matthew 7, 7 to 8 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock. This, this whole search and questioning. Um, Habakkuk was one of the most um, insistent question askers in the Bible, you know, and, and not, not lovely, pretty questions or polite questions. He says in scripture, how long, Lord, must I call for help? You know, mm. but you do not listen. He kind of gave it all to God. He wasn't afraid. Moses, ask God questions. So scripture gives us permission to do it. And then it always concludes with with this idea of trusting God. Mm. You see, you can trust God even in your questions. Uh, Habakkuk, to go back to them, one of my favorite Bible quotes, I don't know how to quote it, but in gist it says this, though the fig tree may fail, though the trees may, may not blossom, but still I will continue to trust in the Lord. Wow. You question, you ask, you ask, you. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, God, even if I don't get the answer, I'm going to still follow you, I'm going to still trust you. Our questioning of God should not be conditional to our our service of God and our love of God. Yes. Okay. So it, it you, it's it's like in a in a relationship. Eh? Sometimes like you're in a in, when you're starting off in a relationship, you don't have the trust. So you ask out of suspicion. You know, someone you are, maybe you're dating someone and you think um, this person didn't call you this morning and say, why didn't you call me? What, what did you do? <laughs> Who are you talking to? What were you doing? And you have these questions. All I, I am out of suspicion. So many people can relate to you right yeah. now. <laughs> but and then when you really trust that person, yeah. you love that person. Ah, uh, you didn't call me this morning. Are you okay? Wow, you know, it uh, it's, it's something you say changes. Like yeah. it becomes about. Um, I trust you. I know nothing wrong has happened, but I still want to know the answer. Yes. Why didn't you call me this morning? Didn't you, didn't you, weren't you thinking about me? It's okay if you weren't, but I'd just be interested to totally. know if you were thinking about me this morning. <laughs> and so, like, I, it's, and this is the attitude towards God. Our yes. questioning of God should not come out of a suspicion. You know, if you don't have a relationship with God, then it's going to come out of suspicion, and that's fine. But we need to deepen our questioning with yes. God. Yes. So it comes out of a place of, of, of sincere seeking and sincere trust of the Lord. Yes, and I think that that's the invitation. Get to know Jesus. And your questions might stay the same, but how you ask them and why you ask them changes because you have that intimacy and because you have that trust. Um, I think it's really important to know that regardless of our motives in questioning God, we have to know that God loves the questioner, you know, and he doesn't question you. And that's not a, a threat. Like, oh, well, he doesn't question you, so you shouldn't question him. But he doesn't question you. He is certain about you. He is certain about the hope and the promise that he wants for your life, even in seasons where it's unclear. And I think it's it's important to lean on that truth. Um, I think, um, yes. Oh, now go for it. And I think to also questioning God coming from this place and asking questions it actually builds our faith because the problem is many of us don't grow in our faith because it's because we don't, we're scared to ask. Mm -hmm. We're scared to doubt. We're scared to search. Because this is what questioning does. Questioning causes us, if we do it authentically, mm -hmm. to authentically seek an answer through the scriptures, through asking people, through um, the teachings of the church. It's, it allows us to deepen our faith. As we saw in the life of St. Thomas, you know, he asked, uh, he, didn't, he doubted, but then when he came, when he sought, when he came back to the community to see the risen Christ, he was the first to proclaim Jesus as Lord mm -hmm. and God. He was the one who eventually gave, laid down his life for Jesus. But if it wasn't for the doubt, if it wasn't for the questions, who knows? Maybe he wouldn't have been the first to proclaim Jesus as Lord and God. Totally. 
I think it's also important um, in our questioning, and I say our because I question as well, um, to hold on tight to what is true because the gale force wind will blow, mm-hmm. you know. Hold on tight to what you know is true. Remember what God has revealed to you. Don't yeah. compromise. Don't compromise on that. Recall where he has been in his life, what he what he has gotten you through previous to this, you know. Yes. Recall what he has answered and where he has led you. And you know what? He might not give you an on-the-spot answer. He really ever does for me. But as you said earlier, asking your questions while holding on to the truth, I think that that's what deepens our faith. I think it it broadens your mind. It stretches your heart into places that you've never been before going, gosh, these winds are strong. Mm -hmm. These winds of questioning are strong, but I'm going to hold on. And and that's actually what grows us. And I think just quickly found an awesome um, Instagram quote this week as I was um, going through um, and and it it, it, goes, Yeah, quoted this. Once a man was asked, what did you gain by regularly praying to God? The man replied, nothing. But let me tell you what I lost. Anger, ego, greed, depression, insecurity, and fear of death. Sometimes the answers to our prayer is not gaining, but losing, which ultimately is the gain. And I Mm. think it's so important that in our questions, sometimes we ask our questions with an anticipated outcome. And yet God is doing something in you. Maybe you're not gaining something, but he's chipping away at something else. You know, you're losing that, that fear, that depression. Every time you turn up to prayer, every time you question, every time you cry out, God is hearing and God is doing something. Yes, and every time we question, every time we seek the Lord, um, we grow. And we grow in trusting the Lord eventually. That's the greatest gift we can we can grow in and just say as far as the east is from the west so um, your ways separate from my ways at the end of the day we're never going to get our full answers until we see god face to face once again thank you so much for joining us for this podcast um it's always a pleasure to dig deeper into our understanding of what jesus wants for us especially through the sunday gospels Please do stay in touch with us. Justine, can you give us where they can contact us? No, I can't. <laughs> okay, frgministry.com forward slash I don't know. Podcast, I don't podcast. I never listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> frgministry.com forward slash podcast. Go to um, at um, Catholic Influencers underscore on Instagram. If just go to the um, podcast page with podcast at frgministry.com to stay in touch. Send us your podcast. Uh, requests your feedback we'd love to hear from you also put a review on um on on wherever you listen to this podcast (laughs) and just remember christmas is just around the corner (laughs) so there's nothing to worry about 10 weeks 11 weeks something like that okay thank you so much see you next time see you next time god bless